and boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to Broken But Glorious. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood officer, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward. Hello and welcome to Broken Blood Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by the Living Proof, Justin Taylor. How are you doing, Stephen, Justin? Hello, Chris. Living Proof in the house. How are you doing? I'm brilliant, thank you. It's hot here. Though. I, don't, I don't know if it's Texas hot, but it's Britain hot. But, uh, yeah. I think it's 30 degrees. So, I don't know. So, yeah, so um, thank you for joining us, Stephen. Uh, firstly, congrats on getting accepted for the New Japan camp in October. Yeah, well, thank you very much. That was something that um, I really is almost a dream come true to be trained by um, anybody. In this case, Shibata and wow. uh, Rocky Romero from uh, Ring of Honor in New Japan. So to so to get an opportunity to train with people like that, people who are are arguably on the highest level that professional wrestling you can possibly get, it's a real honor. So thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, do you have an itinerary of what the camp involves? Or? Man, I, I've only heard just rumors and speculation and things like that. Hmm. Um, I'm supposed to be talking with a few people who have done the camp because they've actually had some um, camp tryouts and a couple of sessions before mine. Mine is until October, so I'm pretty much just taking notes down of what it's going to entail. But, from what I, but I know for sure that it's supposed to be grueling. Yeah, like I can a imagine. Lot of, <laughs> a lot of uh, squatting, getting up off the ground, a lot of running, a lot of endurance, a lot of strength training. So, needless to say, I've got my work cut out for me, and I've just been focusing on getting ready for that. Yeah, I've, for I've sure. seen how I've seen how they treat their young lions. So, <laughs> God knows how they're oh, going to treat yeah. you. But <laughs> yeah. So, if it's any indication, if that's any indication, the hard work that they have to do, man, then I better be more than prepared for this. Right, so before we get into your career, I just wanted to ask how long you've been a wrestling fan and who was your favourite wrestler growing up? And... Wow, I had so many. That's like the hardest question to answer. But, <laughs> um, but I almost would have to put it in sections, man. When, when I was a little kid, I was probably just like every little kid, man. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man. Macho I loved, Man, yeah. uh, the wrestlers with the bright colors and were just really colorful, loud characters. I always preferred the uh, the good guys, the guys fighting for truth and justice. And then, of course, as you grow up, wrestling evolved, and you kind of have the attitude era and stuff like that. And I really gravitated toward guys like Rock, Kurt Angle, Edge. Those were some of my favorites um, during the attitude era. And then if you were to ask me that now, like, who are some of your favorites now? I'm definitely more of a, a wrestling enthusiast, so I lean towards guys like AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, Pete Dunne is somebody who oh, I've yeah. become a big fan of. I can't, I can't uh, wait until he gets to the main roster. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. He's wonderful. And then, of course, Kurt Angle's still on my list. You know, he doesn't wrestle as much anymore, but he's still on my list, man. He's just been a personal favorite of mine for a number of years. Do you think he'll ever have a singles match in WWE again, or do you think he's going to be stuck in the tag team matches? 
to Angle. Man, um, man, that that would be great if he. Uh, I, I don't. Who knows when he'll step back in the ring? But man, I would love to see him in any capacity. Yeah. Uh, a singles match would be nice, though. We've seen him in a tag. He did that tag team match with Ronda Rousey, so it'd be nice to see him in a singles match against a dream opponent mm. like a Daniel Bryan or an AJ Styles, in my opinion. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> so what prompted you to dawn the tights and get into the ring yourself? Well, uh, wrestling had always been um, kind of like that elusive dream of mine, man. Um, I, grew up, I, I live and I've grown up in Midland, Texas, and Midland, Texas is like, it, it's, it it's, can probably be characterized as one of the most smaller towns out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's grown a lot over here in Texas just because of the... Uh, oil field boom and stuff like that. So we've got a lot of businesses, a lot of people from all over the United States coming here because there are jobs here. But growing up, man, wrestling was only something on television for me. There weren't any schools over here. There was no way to train. There was no place to get into wrestling. So it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, you're sitting at home going, man, that sure would be nice to try or nice to do. But then I guess that'll never happen. And as fate would have it, man, I wound up at a show in Amarillo, just a local uh, house wrestling show that they do there. And um, the name of the promotion was Top of Texas. And um, I had a great time. You know, I was a good, I was a good crowd person, man. I was yeah. cheering <laughs> for the right people. And, you know, my friends and I, we just had a blast, man. And as fate would have it, after the show was over, the promoter walked up to us and he was like, hey, you, you guys, some of you guys have pretty good looks and everything. He was like, have you ever thought about trying this? And I was like, oh, man, I don't know, man. And at that time, I'm in my mid-20s, so I'm thinking, man, it was it was too late to start something like this. And I just don't know, man. And he was like, and he said something to me, something to me that I haven't forgotten to this day. He was like, well, Jasmine, if this is a dream, if this is something that you really want to do, then it's never too late to try. Yeah. It's never too late to go for it. So um, I listened to it, and I started traveling to Amarillo, which is about four hours from where wow. I live. So I, every weekend, I was traveling just to get in the ring, just to train. And the, the rest is history, as you would say. Now, here we are 10 years later. <laughs> was there a wrestler you wanted to mold your style around when you started? Well, um, well, kind of alluded to him earlier, but Kurt Angle had always been a favorite wrestler of mine. Mm. So, of course, um, I wear a singlet when I come to the ring, and a lot of that is just because of my personal homage I'm paying to him. I loved Kurt Angle's intensity. I loved how he would just kind of have this ferocity that he brought to the ring. He was always so aggressive, and everything looked impactful. He wanted to make everything count, every slam, every suplex count. So that was a style that I initially adopted when I first started. I really wanted to be just like Kurt Angle. Now, um, my, my style, I guess you could say, really more, is more akin to my background. Because yeah. I have a martial arts background. I've also done some gymnastics in my life. So there's a lot of... Um, so there's a lot of flexibility, there's a lot of agility, athleticism rolling around, and I like to kick people in the head, as would <laughs> so that's probably my style right now. <laughs> so could you tell us, discuss some of your gimmicks you've had over the years? Or? Man, uh, yeah. well, really, and I, and 
I'm pretty sure other guys who have started in wrestling can attest to this. Uh, a lot of times, wrestling is about finding your identity yeah. when you first start off. You know, at first, you're, you're just trying to mimic your heroes. You're trying to mimic somebody who you like watching on TV or somebody that you're next to. But after a while, you have to start asking those what I call hard questions. Who am I? What what exactly am I? And how do I portray that to an audience? And how do I get somebody to understand where I'm coming from? So, man, at first, the the promotion that I wrestled for started calling me the prodigy. because they, they And they called me that because... Um, they said I took to wrestling like a fish to water. Mm. Um, I was one of those people where I wouldn't say it came easy for me, but I was a fast learner. I was learning at a faster rate than some of the guys that I started with. So my first name was the Prodigy. Then, of course, along came the Prodigy Mike Bennett, and he was going by that name yeah. while, <laughs> um, in Ring of Honor Wrestling. So it was like, eh, well, if I can't use that name, then that doesn't really fit what I'm going for anyway. And in almost the weirdest way, man, uh, I came up with this name, The Living Crew, hmm. which is my wrestling persona now. And it's the oddest story. I was actually listening to a song, man. I, I was watching a film, and the film is called The Help. It was about this this movie about these, uh, it's an American movie about these, uh, these black women that were kind of like these, they not slaves, but they were like mates to like these rich people. And it was about the relationships they developed with those people and stuff like that. It was set like in the early 1900s. Well, anyway, that's either here or there. Um, at the end of the movie, there's a song by Mary J. Blige. And she's talking about, I'm the living proof. And she's talking about having all these struggles and how all this stuff has happened in her life. And she was able to turn that around. And there was a line in the song, look at me, I'm the living crew. And I just, that phrase just kept coming to me. The living crew, the living crew. And I was like, you know what? That's me. That's my story. Yeah. That's what wrestling is. You know, wrestling is the struggle and you're trying to overcome it. You're trying to make something of yourself. And that's what being a wrestler is. It's about that struggle and trying to rise up above that and find your place. So the living proof for me was the perfect thing. Yeah, could you take us back to your first match and what do you remember about it? And in hindsight, do you think it was good or what, wow. what were your well, opinions on it? Or? Man, I guess you could say there's some good and bad to that. We'll, we'll get to the bad. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but honestly, man, that's a great question because to be quite honest with you, Chris, my first match, I didn't even want to wrestle like my first match. <laughs> um, it was one of those where I was still training. I had only been a couple of months in uh, on my training. So in my opinion, I wasn't ready to be out there. I didn't feel like I had learned enough to, to, to be a wrestler yet. And that was always a big thing for me. I can't speak for everybody else, but I never wanted to shame the business, man. I never wanted to be one of those people that got out there too early or was in over his head, any of those things, man. So, so honestly, Chris, when I first, when, when the opportunity came to wrestle, we had a person who, who didn't show up. We kind of had a no-show. So every booker, everybody who's trained, every person <laughs> knows about that. We, you have that person who just, for some reason, couldn't make it. And yeah. then everybody looks at you and goes, well, what about him? Can he be in the match tonight? 
and I was adamant that I wasn't ready. I was like, no, you know, most wrestlers, when they start off, they're jumping to get in the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, pick me, pick me. I was the exact opposite, Chris. I was like, uh, no, I'm not ready. I'm not confident. You guys don't want me in there. I'll stink up the joint. Do not put me in there. And, um, and my trainer at the time, who he's not a well-known trainer or anything, he was just kind of a trainer there locally in Amarillo. But he was like, look, man, I, uh, I'll trust you. You can get in there. If you just follow my lead, we'll make it through this. We mm. really need somebody. And you're the only extra guy we have here. We really need you. We're counting on you. So he talked me into it. And I went out there, man, and my role at that time was to be um, a heel care, a heel persona character. And I was like, what am I going to do? I don't even know who I am. Like, what am I going to do? So I walk out to this generic, <laughs> look, I'm a mean guy. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was, man. But it was awful. It was just like, bah, 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 bah. like it was just like, just picture the worst music ever. Oh, them, them ones, they, <laughs> big cats were coming up to, so, out to for the last couple of months. So. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so I walk out there, man. I come out through the curtain, and I'm looking around, and I'm so nervous. And a little kid, because, of course, nobody had any idea who I was. So the kid walks up to me thinking I'm a good guy. And yeah. so this kid puts his hand up. He had to be, like, four or five years old. Oh. And he put his hand up so I could give him a high five. And I just, and I was like, this is my moment. I have to take this chance right here. It's either now or never. So I rolled my eyes at this kid, and I just started laughing at him. And the kid got so sad. Like, he just made this, I mean, just this down, like, he just looked so down. His hands and body just drooped down, and he walked back over to his parents. And all of a sudden, it was just a sea of booms. Everybody knew exactly who I was then, and everyone started booing me. And so I got to the ring, and I was like, okay, you know, I think I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was my kind of my first ever experience in my first match. And the match went fine um, after it was over. Um, of course, some hiccups here and there and things like that. But mm. after it was over, my trainer came up to me, and he said, you can do this, man. This has always been in you. Not everybody starts at the same time. Not everybody starts at the same way. But clearly, man, you did a lot of things without me having to tell you. So you're this, you are where you're supposed to be. And so that was my experience, man. That was my first match. Well, sound. <laughs> so um, who are some of your biggest feuds and some of your favorite matches you've had over the years? Well, um, man. Well, I've been in the ring with, uh, in this 10 years that I've been wrestling, I've been in the ring with some people that you might be familiar with. Um, I've been in the ring with uh, Chavo Guerrero, wow. wrestled him one-on-one, Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin. They used to be the world's greatest tag team. I've wrestled both of them in singles, and I've wrestled them as a tag team. Um, I've also been in the ring with Matt Hardy, mm. who I wrestled to a... 50 minute, it was like a 50 minute time limit draw, wow. so we actually went the distance, that's probably in my opinion, that might be the best match I've ever had, and this was a few years ago, when Matt was on the indie scene, before he went back to WWE, um, I've also wrestled Hacksaw Jim Duggan 
Mr. Two by Four. That must have been an experience. <laughs> I got to wrestle him against him in a tag team match, and I also got to wrestle against uh, Raven in a tag team match. So those are some of my favorite opponents. Those are some of the honestly the best experiences of my life, man, with those guys. So um. Sir, and, uh, and man, just the, the learning experience from those matches, I mean, from every single one of those guys, you walked away learning something, win or lose, um, and I wasn't on the winning end on most of those, you know, I didn't <laughs> but I won in the sense that, man, the lessons I learned were invaluable, and they really have made me the wrestler that I am today, so wouldn't trade any of those experiences for the world, so... Yeah. So if you could face any up-and-coming wrestler from the NDC and him, who would they be and why? Man, if I could wrestle anybody from the NDC, oh man, there, there are just so many. But right now, I'm looking at this, uh, um, some of these matches from the United Kingdom tournament. I'm trying yeah. to catch up, man, on the uh, WWE Network. I've been watching a lot of that. And some of these guys, man, I, I, I mean, some of these guys like Trent Seven, uh... Um, especially, I, I mentioned Pete Dunn earlier, but man, that is a guy that I would love to eventually get in the ring with one day. Um, I think you, uh, you and Flash Morgan Webster would have a good match. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Tyler Bate is another guy. He's a young guy, but man, that guy is so talented. So these are all guys that I would love to get in the ring with. Um, other people on the indie scene that are also great. Um, there are a lot of guys that bring the modern that I would love to get in the ring with. Um, th- another guy that I wrestled uh, was uh, Ring of Honor superstar Cheeseburger. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are familiar with and everything, but man, there are other guys in Ring of Honor, like Flip Gordon. Um, man, of course, it would be a dream to wrestle the Young Bucks or the Briscoes or any member of those tag teams would be wonderful to wrestle. So those are the few of the names that I would love to lock up with eventually in my life. This is David Fuller, the owner of IHWE Texas Professional Wrestling, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious Podcast. As we're on tag teams, you're a member of the Arab Terrorist Front. Um, could you tell us a bit of history about the team and how you met um, Gurkha Singh? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so, what happened with that man? That was a crazy, very interesting time for me. So, that was during my time in Amarillo, so that had to be... That was about four, maybe five, five and a half, six years ago. So that was um, in the Amarillo Territory, the top of Texas Territory Mm. that I was talking about. And um, at that time, I kind of was in a transmission, man. So I was becoming um, a heel. I hadn't quite gotten the uh, living crew persona that I have now. And the story was is that um, I got suspended from wrestling. I actually got arrested. I was I was suspended for wrestling, and I trespassed at a wrestling event when I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to serve some time. And during my time in the slammer, you could say that I uh, converted to Islam. So I came back to uh, Amarillo Wrestling with this completely different persona, and 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 my name wasn't. Jasper Taylor anymore. It was Samir Tariq Muhammad. And I was all about the Quran. I carried out a Quran to read. I had aligned myself with um, a guy named Adam Barat, who was a very prominent Arab wrestler on the Texas Independence. Yeah. And we formed this tag team 
that you're talking about. And man, and to be honest with you, yeah, it was uh, overall, it was, I had to overcome that in my career. Um, and eventually I had to break away from those guys. But at the time, we were the most dominant and probably the most hated tag team <laughs> for sure. So you wrestle all over Texas. Do you have to ever have to change your style going between city to city, town to town? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because a lot of times, um, different crowds, a lot of times dictate how we wrestle as wrestlers. Mm. So sometimes, you know, the, the, the crowd likes a different flavor. Some crowd prefer, you know, more fast-paced action and stuff like that. And then you have your crowds that really like that slower, methodical place. They want to enjoy every move. They want to see some good mat wrestling. They want to see um, a story that culminates into something. They want to see an idea presented, and that idea becomes something. So, yes, you, you have to know your audience. You have to know what you're walking into, and you have to be able to read those signs that the audience gives you during a match because you never know when you might have to call an audible or I may need to switch up my style or maybe I need to ground this guy a little more. And a lot of times, the audience can't dictate what we're doing in the ring. I'm sorry. <coughs> so how do you waste the hours away traveling between shows? Oh, um, yes, yes. Um, so, man, travel between shows is... Uh, man, it can range, especially being in the state of Texas. Because yeah, it's enormous. Where I'll have to travel eight to ten hours Oof. just to get to them, and I'm still in the state of Texas. That's <laughs> how big Texas is. When they say everything's bigger in Texas, they mean that. Um, so sometimes you're traveling quite a few distances, but man, I've traveled across the country of the U.S. to get to shows. I've traveled from Texas to Philadelphia, which is... Wow. Uh, Pretty much just that's halfway across the country just to get to shows like Ring of Honor or to get to Shakar shows and train with Mike Quackenbush. So I'm definitely somebody who is well-traveled. But when I am traveling, it's nice to travel with other wrestlers who you can goof off with. You know, that passes the time, <laughs> just telling jokes on the road and stuff like that. But I listen to a lot of podcasts too, man. So mm. stuff like your podcast is great. Um, podcasts like Jericho's podcast, Cole Cabana's podcast. I have podcasts about movies, anime, games. Man, I have just about all of it in my phone, <laughs> man. So those are probably my favorite pastimes when yeah. I'm on the road. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I listen to loads of podcasts at the moment. <laughs> I barely listen to any music anymore, just podcasts. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, like I used to do music, yeah, man, I, and I'm a fan of a lot of different uh, styles of music, but yeah, man, there's something a little more enjoyable about just listening to a conversation or just engaging yourself in what people are talking about and hearing people talk about similar stuff you're interested in is always fun. So, yes, I'm away from the ring. You do you have started your own podcast, the uh, Cinema Slayers? Could you tell us a bit about that show? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, so wrestling um, is not the only passion that I have. I'm real passionate about film and movies and filmmaking. As a matter of fact, um, I'm an aspiring screenwriter. I've written about seven or eight different uh, full-length movies as well as short films. Yeah. I am a member of the Screenwriters Guild of America, so some of my um, films that I've written are copyrighted, and I have copied scripts submitted to that database. So, you know, and I'm constantly educating myself on film writing and stuff like that. So 
it is something that is near and dear to my heart. And um, Cinema Slayers kind of came along as this podcast slash interview website. And you can go to cinemaslayers.com and get information on that and check out some of our reviews. But we review movies. We interview filmmakers and talk to people like that. And right now we've got um, some interviews up with some celebrity filmmakers. They were recently on a reality show where they were trying to make movies while this reality show set was following them. Yeah. So you can imagine the, the, the difficulties with that. So um, so that was very interesting. We've interviewed several different people from that show. We've done podcasts on our opinions of movies. One time we did a podcast where we were just discussing Infinity War. Yeah. Did we like it? What did we like about it? Was it a good movie? Was it not a good movie? So we've got all kinds of stuff on there, man. Um, that that's fun to do and fun to check out. And I'm a big movie buff, man. So I'm always down to talk about some films. <laughs> so I, li- I listened to the first show because after that you start reviewing your films of films I haven't seen yet and I want to watch. <laughs> I'm seeing because since my son was born, I think I've seen the new Star Wars movies and that's it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think um, and the new. Transformers movie, but I think I fell asleep during that because it was that bad. Um, but... Cool, cool. <laughs> um, did you see any of the new, uh, did you watch any of the comic book movies or anything like that? Like any of those Marvel movies? Yeah, but I usually have to wait till they get on DVD. I haven't been to the cinema for a while, so um, yeah, I think the last, uh, and, and Mom was the last one I watched, I think. It's been a while. I'm a son, since my son's been born, we've oh, barely, okay. barely been to the cinema, so. So, yeah, you catch them whenever they're available. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are some, what's one of your favorite movies? If you have to have, what's one of your favorites? Something that you can watch anytime. Oh, Scarface is my favorite film. Oh, Scarface. That's a good one. <laughs> Man, that, that's up there. It's funny that you mentioned Scarface because um, I didn't just watch that, but just yesterday I, I, I saw that The Godfather was hmm. on Netflix, the entire trilogy. And I watched, and I was like, well, let me start Godfather Part 1. And I stayed up all night watching the film, man. <laughs> like, even though, I mean, it's like those films never get old. No. Scarface, Goodfellas, Godfather. Man, it's, they're like, you can just watch them anytime. But, yeah, Scarface is Scarface, great. Yeah, and Star, Star Wars, I'm into all the Star Wars. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Solo was the last film I went to see in the cinema. Do you enjoy Solo? I have not seen it I yet, know. man. So I'm trying to... We, we, we've got some holidays coming up with the 4th of July over here, so I'm going to try to make it to the theater to see that. Last movie I saw in theaters was Incredibles 2. I'm not seeing that yet. By the way. I want yeah, to see that. Yeah. yeah, worth the 14 year wait. <laughs> that's my favorite Pixar movie, Incredibles 1. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good one to have because it's, it was fantastic. And, and if you love that one, you'll like this one for sure. So, what, what were some of your favorite movies of all time? So. Man, oh man, I have so many. Well, one of my personal favorites is uh is called Million Dollar Baby. It's kind of like this boxing. Yeah. boxing movie, yeah, where this a uh, female boxer played by Hillary Swank um convinces this coach Clint Eastwood to train her so that she can get to the ring. And it just reminds me a lot of my journey in wrestling. How this person kind of started late in her life, but she had that determination and became successful and, and did great and it was just about their friendship as coach and, tra- and coach and um, player and so it was very very good man I thought that was a great movie but 
other personal favorites, uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Yeah, as brilliant. As far as my Marvel movies, that's one of my personal favorites. I love that. Uh, man, I'm all over the place with movies. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, that one, and definitely Goodfellas, I would say. Out of mm. those, some of those monster movies, Goodfellas is probably my personal favorite. So, yeah. It's been about 15 years since I've seen Goodfellas, is it? Man. Oh, and track it up again. Action movie wise, Terminator 2. Oh. Nothing beats, I mean, almost nothing in my opinion beats Arnold Schwarzenegger, the liquid metal Terminator, yeah. <laughs> Sarah Connor, John, little John Connor as a kid, and the chase to get away from that T1000. That was just a wonderful movie. Great action scenes. Hmm. Something else that I can watch anytime. So. I, I, I like I like all his early stuff. I like I, lo- I love the K and R movies. I love Red Sonja, even though the acting in it is awful. I love the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Red Sonja, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got a point about the actor, but for some reason I don't know. You, it's just like it's you just brilliant. Still watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Still watching. Right, idiots. You're listening to Mr. Williams. Now don't be an idiot yourself. Get listening. Get liking. Get following the Broken Book Glorious. Podcast. Alright, so you're also involved with um, Texas-based promotion, old school wrestling. Um, can you give us a bit of history about the promotion and what makes the promotion different to other Texas Oh, sure, sure. Well, um, old school wrestling's interesting. That's actually a promotion that I helped start. And uh, on my Facebook, I've got links to old school wrestling. You can go to Jasmine Taylor's Facebook or Old School Wrestling Inc. And there's a like page there on Facebook if you want more detailed information about it. But uh, old School Wrestling was a vision that I and uh, my promoter, Fred Urban III, who also can be found on, on there on the Old School Wrestling Facebook, um, it, it was really just a vision we had to give back to the community. Yeah. The wrestling events started as just uh, charitable events to give back to our local Odessa community. So the events were to help fund things like different school districts, the Odessa School District. We, we did one for anti-bullying and teen suicide. So, you know, it was just about giving back to charitable causes in the community. But with the success of old school wrestling has now really evolved into its own thing. And now it's one of the top promotions in Texas. It's one of the most sought out there. We have a lot of guys trying to get in there um, and wrestle for old school wrestling. And as one of the guys who is considered one of the faces of old school wrestling, it's great. It's got great production values. We've got roaming cameras. We've got a hard camera. And we're actually lobbying to get some local television companies to broadcast old school wrestling. So we're trying to make waves in the Texas area. And I think what makes it stand out is that, as I said, growing up in the Midland and Odessa area, there was no way to access wrestling except on television. But now, because of old school wrestling, not only do we have a training facility, Mm. but now we have shows that are regularly on every single month for fans in that area to enjoy, which makes it the first of its kind in that area. So do you remember your first um, old school wrestling show? Mm -hmm. I would say that um, it was, it took place in Odessa, and um, it was at a high school, man, um, a high school called Hood Junior High School. And I know that name's a little like, whoa, Hood Junior High School. I'm not, <laughs> that's, that's, no, not like that. The guy who found it, his last name was actually Hood, so I know I didn't say But, uh, but no, actually, Fred's daughter came 
any funding because most of the funding for sports is going to the men's or the boys' uh, teams and everything like that, their junior high football and stuff like that. Mm. And if you know anything about Texas, Texas, Texas's religion is football. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> all we care about. Like, American-style football is all we care about in Texas. So that kind of dominates sports over in that area. So the, the, the girls needed some help and um so um he couldn't resist the chance to to help out his daughter and help out the school so um so that's what we did man and he came up with a concept we talked to the school about having the event there and it was all about just raising money to for that school and that was our very first show and it was, and I mean, as, as a result, man, I mean, I can't brag enough about that first show. Mm. We did about 750 people. That's amazing for that first, first show. show which, which is a very big number for an indie show and almost an unheard of number for a first time ever show, especially in an area, a small area like Odessa, Texas. But at the end, we raised about $5,000 wow. for the girls' athletics uh, school. <laughs> they were able to build a gym. They got gym equipment and um, really turned their athletic program around as a result of that first wrestling show. So, yeah, man, something that to this day I'm still very, very proud of. And that was about five years ago. Do your, do your shows have a running story going from show to show or do you just store one-off events? Or? Uh, as far as uh, as far as um, how they run, how we run there anyway, it's normally we run the first Saturday of every month. So so old school wrestling uh, runs monthly. So so you'll see a show normally at the beginning of every month. So like this weekend, I've actually got we got an old school wrestling show. It's called Pledge Your Allegiance. It's coming up uh, July seventh. But as far as for me. I really try to make a go at it and wrestle every weekend. Yeah. Sometimes two, 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 three times a weekend. But at least I would try to wrestle once every weekend. Typically every Saturday is when I'm able to make it out to shows and wrestle. And I travel all over the Midland, Odessa, Lubbock, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio area. So I try to hit, those are the main towns I hit in Texas, but I also go outside of Texas. I've done some shows in Oklahoma this year. I'm going to be doing some, I did some shows in uh, Louisiana as well this year. Um, and I'm looking at doing some shows in St. Louis, um, as well as um, hopefully going back to California as well. Oh, amazing. So I get around. <laughs> <laughs> um. When you bring in inputs, you usually use them to just pull over your local guys. So, I'm sorry, say that one more time. I said, sorry, when, that's fine. When you bring in inputs, do you use the inputs to put over your local guys? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, whenever um, we uh, bring in imports, um, yeah, a lot of times our, it's our local guys that comprise the show. A, yeah. a, bunch of the, a, a large percentage of the old school wrestling card is like... Uh, homegrown trained guys but we pull talent but we try to import talent from all over man yeah so we've had quite a few people wrestle at our shows like every everyone from people that you've seen on television like billy gunn and matt hardy and x-pop jerry the king lawler 
guys who I've tag team up with and stuff, so that was always fun. But you'll see guys like that at our show, but you'll also see um, guys who are prominent on the indie scene at our shows, like Chavo Guerrero, like, uh, man, who are some others that we've had there? Like some Texas guys like Jack Stane, uh, Gregory James, guys who are pretty pop- prominent on the independent scene. We also bring those in, too, mm. so... If they're so pretty much anybody who has made a name for themselves in Texas, there's a likelihood that you have seen them on an old school wrestling show. And when you bring in big names, how do you decide who they're wrestling? Um, well, pretty much we try to match them up with the person who makes the most sense as far as skill. Yeah. For the first three years that old school wrestling was a thing, that fell upon me. I was the um, old school wrestling champion, and I was a champion for about three years. And in that three years of time, a lot of times it fell on me to wrestle in the main event with these guys. So I, so a lot of those names that I mentioned, that was me wrestling against them in main events. So I've main evented with Charlie Haas, Sheldon Benjamin, uh, Carlito, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, we, we did tag matches together with those two. Um, Chavo Guerrero was another guy I wrestled against in the main event. So a lot of times it fell upon me to kind of carry those matches until we had talent that either we could book or that we felt were good enough to get in there with those guys. Now, since then, we've had them wrestle other guys that are pretty prominent on the Texas Indy scene. Mm. But for the longest time, it, it that really fell on my shoulders to take care of that. So as you mentioned, your next show is Pledge Your Allegiance on Saturday the 7th of July. So what should fans expect from this event? Matt, um, well, for me, the fans, this is kind of one of those return bouts that the fans have seen before, but it's kind of one of those bouts where, you know, you had two guys wrestle early in their wrestling career, and the match was pretty good, you know, pretty decent. But then you kind of let those guys wrestle again, and now years have passed. Yeah. Both guys have proved, both guys have gotten better, both guys have a better understanding of what they're doing. So my opponent coming up this weekend is a guy named Brad Sanders. And Brad started his career about three years ago, and he has gotten so much better. He's improved. He's started to get those bookings all over the Texas area and stuff like that. So, and of course, I've gotten better with my experiences with WWE as extra talent. I've done some stuff for them. I've also had some Future of Honor matches and Ring of Honor and stuff like that. So I'm also anxious to show my growth and where I've been. So if you're a fan coming to that show, if you're somebody who um, is keeping up with the indie scene in Texas and things like that, or you're just a, a wrestling fan in general, you can definitely expect us to go out there and show exactly how we, we've improved and, get, and deliver a match that tells a story like only me and Brad can tell it. And that's what I'm looking most forward to. So the main event, you've got a champion versus champion match? Yes. Um, so we, me and Brad are the semi-main, but there is going to be a champion versus champion match. It's going to be Gregory James, who is our West Texas champion. So yeah. he'd be like the equivalent of the Intercontinental Champion in WWE. And then you have our heavyweight champion, Jason Aaron. And they're going at it for 
champion versus champion match. So that means something's got to give, and somebody's going to walk out the undisputed champion of old school wrestling. So that's definitely going to be a big event, too. The last time those guys wrestled, yeah. they wrestled through a time limit draw. So now if they're a management is saying there must be a winner. So we're going to have a winner this time and pledge your allegiance. Yeah, so it's a Texas version of like Hogan versus Warrior from. Yes, yes, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, yep, that's exactly what you're looking at. They're both interesting characters. Like Gregory James calls himself unholy, and he's kind of got this gothic kind of Mad Max type of look to him. He's got the face paint. He's very dark and gritty, but he's a great athlete. He's a high flyer. He pretty much do it all in the ring. And then you've got Jason Era who's more of a power guy. He's yeah. more of a guy like, a, I guess, kind of like a lion or a, uh, let's see, or maybe like a Batista or something like that. He relies a lot on his brute strength and power to get the matches. So it should make for an interesting clash of styles. And then you've got a, a women's match. You've got Lynette She-Hulk Martinez versus the Insidious Follower. She looks interesting, the Insidious Follower. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the insidious one. And actually, she normally accompanies Gregory James to the ring. Yeah. And she's very eccentric, very crazy with the way she moves around the ring and things like that. Very mysterious type of woman. But Lynette Martinez is somebody who's very uh, well-versed with that kind of thing. She comes from Mexico. She's wrestled internationally in Mexico, El Paso some places around Texas, and she's a new student to old school wrestling, even though she's experienced. She started training up here with us at old school wrestling, and she's looking to prove herself in her debut match. So, you've got two women who not only look great, but they both have something to prove, so that definitely should be a great match. Right, next next on my card, you've got Southern Dandy versus Eddie Zetro, is it? Zetro. Yes, and Eddie Zetro is another great student at old school wrestling. He's been training for almost a year now, and he's ready to prove himself. He's ready to show what he's got in the ring. And Southern Candy, man, what can I say about him? I, I think think if, if Gold Dust and Velveteen Dream had a love child, yeah. I think that's what the Southern in Texas, no, and he was born and raised in Texas. I think you would have the Southern Dandy. So <laughs> if that gives you any idea of what he is, that's what Southern Dandy is. He plays mind games. He's very colorful, yeah. very eccentric, very prince-esque in the way he prances around the ring, glitter and lots of colors. So Eddie Zetro's got his work cut out for him because even though Dandy likes to show that side of himself when he on his way to the ring, when he enters the ring, He's a very aggressive, no-nonsense type of guy. So that should definitely make for another entertaining match. Okay, and then the last one I've got, we've got the tag team title match. You've got Gabriel Alexander and Mickey with Fred. It's Fred as teddy bear, yes. Yes, Fred is a teddy bear. So yes, Mikey with Fred. And you better always mention Fred, because uh, Mikey will kill you if you forget to mention his teddy bear. And that's actually... Um, an interesting story, those two, because they recently became the tag team champions. Yeah. But if you were to ask me, 
it's really a story of overcoming a lot of obstacles because um, um, because you know uh, both of them. Uh, Mikey is what we call a special wrestler, so you know he's got um, certain mental handicaps and things like that. But he's been able to overcome that and become a formidable wrestler in the ring. And Mikey is Teddy Bear, is somebody who he carries to the ring. And Gabriel Alexander, the defender of truth, is the same way. This is a kid who um, who was diagnosed with autism early in his life, but has overcome that. He has recently graduated from high school. He oh, went great. through training at old school wrestling. And, and not only did he graduate from high school, but he graduated with autism. He played basketball while he was in high school, so he's an athlete. And he was even able to go through all of the rigorous training at OSW and become an OSW wrestler. So them, so them two together is almost the perfect pairing because it really is a message about how it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So I'm looking forward to see those, seeing those two guys playing again this weekend. Yeah, they're against Ken Carter. He looks like a mean guy from this picture. Yeah, ruthless <laughs> Ken Carter is no joke. You want to talk about intensity? You want to talk about toughness? He also has the MMA background, so yeah, he is no joke. And he's got an advantage because he's got to pick a mystery partner whom we know nothing about. We don't know who he's going to show up with. So you're always at a disadvantage when you don't get to study your opponent. So we'll definitely see what happens. It should be interesting. Right. So what's some of the long-term goals for the promotion? Um, as far as uh, long-term goals for the promotion, for, for our promotion, Old School Wrestling, is we well, we definitely want to make that transition to uh, being on television. So right now, that's what we're doing. We're trying to hone our craft. We're trying to be as good as we can and deliver a quality product that we can put on television. Of course, we always would like to grow our attendance. So um, if there's anybody in the local Midland and Odessa area that happens to catch this on Facebook or whatever and you need tickets, please go to our Facebook and find out about how you can be a part of this great show. But on top of that, man, we want to continue to be a pillar in the community. Our goal is to give families, because it's a family show, something to come watch on the weekends that's not getting in trouble, that's not doing something where you may wonder, well, can I take my family to this or not? We always stress that old school wrestling is a family show. And our goal is really just to give our fans that wholesome family product that they can enjoy, where they can interact with wrestlers and go home realizing that it was money well spent and that they had a great time. And ultimately, that's the ultimate goal for old school wrestling. Alright, so if you could make a dream free match card of old school wrestlers you've used over the last five years, with one women's, one tag and one main event, what matches would you choose? Wow, that's a really, that's an interesting question. Um, well, um, I'm going to be selfish and put myself in the main event. We'll come back <laughs> to that. We'll start, to, we'll start at the bottom. But man, um, if uh, if I have to put a women's match on the card, uh, I, I really like Lynette Martinez. I think that she is somebody who's special. She is somebody who's proven to be tough. And there is um, a, another uh, female wrestler that, that, that used to wrestle that has wrestled for old school wrestling, and that's uh, Mickey James. Mickey wow. James is somebody who has wrestled for us often. She's trained with us, and she wrestled for our promotion a few times. 
and she's a woman that really made a splash for old school wrestling. So I think her versus Lynette Martinez, you have this hungry up-and-comer against the veteran Mickey James. That would just be an awesome match. So I feel like that would be a match that I would love to see if I was put if, in a perfect world. I know Mickey James is with WWE right now, so you know may have to wait for that one. But if <laughs> I could book in a perfect world, I would love to see that match because I really think our fans are going to enjoy Lynette. Um, another match that I think I would love to see on the card would be something like. Uh, um, there's a guy who wrestles more um, across the country now. He used to be um, strictly an old school wrestler, but now he's kind of done more traveling outside of old school wrestling and stuff like that. And his name is uh, Kurt Stallion, and he comes from Crane, Texas, so around the West Texas area. But he's really made a splash on the indie scene, especially um, in America. Yeah, I think that if I were to book a main event. I would book him versus me. I think that him, him, me would. We've had matches before where we tore the house down for old school wrestling. But I think now, with his travels and where he's been, and with my travels and where I've been, and some of the experiences I've had, I really think that we could have a special match for old school wrestling. So, in a perfect world, if I was booking a main event, I would book me versus him. I think that that would have to close the show in old school wrestling's ultimate matchup. I yeah. think that would have to be one. So. And a tag match? And um, as far as a tag team match, man, we've had so many good tag teams come through um, old school wrestling over the years. But if I were to book one, um, for the longest time, we did have the world's greatest tag team, Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin. They wrestled at several old school wrestling shows and did a great job. And one time at old school wrestling, we had another tag team that I think was a really good tag team. And that was Eugene. Um, and, and you got to know who Eugene yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> But Eugene and Mikey teamed up one yeah. time before. Um, and Mikey with his teddy bear, and he's got a special personality, and of course we know how Eugene is. That, to me, would just be a wonderful matchup, because you've got these two guys who kind of are that, kind of more of the comedy, more of the funny type of wrestling, and then you put them in there with the scientific, no-nonsense type of team of Charlie Austin, Chef Benjamin. I would love to see that match because it'd just be the ultimate clash of <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see who would come out on top in that one so I've noticed on Facebook that you've recently got yourself a passport are you planning to try and wrestle overseas yes yes that is the next goal for me so in my progression I feel like um, I've wrestled uh, for most for pretty much all of the prominent promotions across Texas I've also done some stuff out of state. I've done some wrestling that have some pretty good events outside of Texas. But for me, the next step is to wrestle internationally. Yeah. I want to I want to become an international wrestler. Um, and that's the next step for me. And the United Kingdom is a place that I definitely would love to wrestle. I'm in talks with a few promoters and a few promotions right now. Um, um, but 
But, um, but man, that's the next step for me. And hopefully, if not by the end of this year, hopefully by next year, I can say that I've wrestled in the UK, I've wrestled in Canada, and I would love to wrestle in Mexico as well. So these are all places that I am looking forward to wrestling because the living proof is not just, you know, I'm not just, I don't feel like I'm just a guy who out there just getting in the ring and leaving you know i feel like i've got a real message to share with everybody so i want to share that message with not just america but the world i feel like it's something that people need to hear everybody out there is trying to live a dream everybody out there has a goal that they're trying to reach everybody out there is trying to be happy in this crazy thing that we call life <laughs> and every now and then it's nice to hear some encouragement that there's somebody out there doing the same thing as all of you. You're going to work, you're clocking in, you're trying to make something of this life and do the best job that you can. And that's really what the proof is all about. So I feel like it's the message everyone needs to hear, and it's a message that I do want to continue to share with the world. So I hope you come with someone local, and I'll be able to come see you. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> it'll happen, man. It'll happen. I believe in speaking things into existence, man, it's going to happen. I will make it over mm. there. I know I will. Somehow, some way, I will. Well, Paul, who helped settle this interview, he wrestles at my local promotion, so hopefully you could wrestle for Wrestle Island. So. Oh, yes, yes. I'll definitely reach out to him, man. I definitely will. Um, yes. And I heard that the wrestling scene over there in the United Kingdom is fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. I know that there are a lot of wonderful promotions. I know that uh, uh, WWE Superstar Paige, her folks run out there, yeah. which is another great promotion that's out there. I mean, you know, there's just so many opportunities, and the the the, the style of wrestling is very unique to what we have here in America. So, man, the, the what I could learn from guys over in the UK would be invaluable, and I'm sure I would have some great experiences. And it's beautiful over there. I want to. I've never been there, so of course I would have to come see the sights as well. Yeah. <laughs> if you come to Liverpool, I'll show you around Liverpool. So, so. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll take you to the Beatles mu- museum in the world. That's so. what happened. <laughs> right, so um, where can people see you in the near future um, after the pledge? Awesome. Uh, well, of course, there's that show Pledge of Allegiance this weekend. Um, for old school wrestling on July 7th. But, uh, July the 14th, I will be in Lubbock, Texas for Rampage Wrestling. And I'm a, and I'm the current heavyweight champion of Rampage. I'm defending yeah. my title in a triple threat match, so that should be fun. Um, and I've got some comic conventions coming up. Um, Ring of Honor is producing a Future of Honor match that I just had for them, um, against another big Texas indie wrestling star, Andy Dalton. So yeah. that'll be a nice Texas showcase match. That should be on YouTube and on Facebook uh, within the coming weeks. They're producing that now. So be on the lookout for that if you want to see what kind of action I bring to the ring. Um, and, uh, I'll, of course, I'll be in other promotions all around Texas. I've also got some trips to Oklahoma coming up in October. And hopefully after this New Japan camp, I'll have some encouraging news about that as well. Yeah. So, yes, I'll be, definitely be on the lookout for Justin Taylor. And add me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, Justin, J-A-S-T-I-N. It's kind of a hard name to miss. You know, there aren't too many people named J. 
Jasmine online. <laughs> so you kind of can't miss me. Add me and follow my pictures in professional wrestling. <laughs> That was my next question. Do you want to plug your social media? <laughs> oh, well, I, I read your mind, Chris. I read your mind. Yes, yeah, so, uh, uh, but I guess just the same specifically. Uh, Facebook is Jaston.Taylor, so you can find me that way. Instagram is just the reverse of that, Taylor Jaston. And Twitter is uh, at Jaston Taylor as well. So hit me up. Let me know what you thought of this podcast. And please reach out to me, man. I'm looking for any support um, that that I can get. It's always good to hear from fans or people who just like to support people doing positive things. So please hit me up, guys. Don't be afraid. Yeah, all the links will be in the description below this interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. Yes, and thank you, Chris. I really appreciate this. This is the first podcast I've done with anybody in the UK. So, man, it was a huge honor, man. And uh, and I, I, I really feel good about this, man. And um, hopefully this is a precursor for things to come and I'll be able to either sit down with you again in person or hopefully I'll get to meet you at a show, man. Yeah, it's going to happen. I got a good feeling about it. <laughs> All right, so I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. All right, so we'll see you.